Welcome to the Legacy Ski Podcast. I'm your host, Greg, the ski physical therapist. And on today's episode, I interview Kim Tiap. I wanted to bring Kim onto the podcast after I saw that she accomplished a feat of skiing every month out of the year for the last 30 years. Yes, you heard that right, 30 years. And she's done it all without needing to fly to the Southern Hemisphere. Her story is amazing, so let's bring her on the show. Sweet. So Kim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? And when did your ski story kind of begin? So um, I was born and raised near Berkeley, California. It's um, a little town just east of it. And my parents did not ski. My mother didn't mind. No, my mother didn't mind the snow, but no. But my dad was an architect and he was of the old school that sometimes you barter for Mm. your services. So somebody asked him to design um, a condominium complex near a small ski resort called Bear Valley in California. Mm -hmm. Not, Not Ski Bear, but Bear Valley. It's really small. It's north of Yosemite and south of of um lake tahoe and so he said okay don't pay me just give me one of the condos got it (laughs) so my brother knew how to ski and i didn't so one weekend we went up and my mother was smart she says okay i'll put you in a lesson in the afternoon and then you can just see if ron can teach you something so I was 16 and um, he took me out and all he did was push me over. Oh, he no. said, you have to learn how to get up. The number one thing you got to learn is to get up. But I went, that's not, but you know what? When I went to the lesson, I was far ahead of anybody because I knew how to get up. There you go. There you go. So um, when I teach people, I say, I'm going to push you over because you're going to, you're going to fall. So you're going to have to learn how to get up. So, and I just took to it. I loved it. It was so much fun. And so when I went to look for a college, <laughs> I said, I'm going to Colorado. Ah, there so, you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my undergrad at Colorado State. And my parents were very very generous and they paid for my education but they said if you want to do anything you gotta get a job to support your hobby and I said okay so I got a job and I knew a lot of older CSU grads and they all went to Vail they all graduated and went to ski bums at Vail and I went ah okay so I'd go up on weekends and crash on their couch and in those days, a lift ticket was $10. Yeah. Um, and I just, I all through college, I would go spend most of my weekends in Vail. So I would say that I learned most of my skiing in Vail. And then when I graduated from my undergrad, I didn't want, I didn't want a real job. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I have to grow up eventually. So I'm going to take this winter off. And I went up and worked for Vail. In those days, it's called Vail Associates. And they only had Vail. That's it. So 
um, I got a job working nights for the mountain making donuts. And it was one of the few jobs that you worked. I worked from like 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. So I was able to get up every morning and go skiing. And I learned a lot that year. I learned how to ski a lot. I won't forget about you. And that's where <laughs> I met my husband. So I met my husband in January of 1980. And we were married in November of 1980. So it was very quick. But he loved to ski too. So that was the reason I kind of married him. because, And he was a, he's a really good skier. He's a very good skier. Mm -hmm. He learned on the East Coast where you have to learn how to edge. Oh yeah, much combat better. skiing. Yeah. What? Combat skiing. Combat. That's a very good term for it. Yes, I don't know how to combat ski. He <laughs> does. So, um, we then went to Utah. Um, me for graduate school and him for undergrad, and we were so poor. Oh my god. Um. We cross-country skied. We might have skied maybe five times and because we we had no money. But we cross-country skied because it would, you know, it would snow. You could, it was in Logan. You could put on your cross-country skis and just go in the meadows. So we did a lot of cross-country skiing there. And then um, then we then we moved to North South Carolina and then North Carolina. So for six years, I never skied. Okay. Because I was not going to ski in North and South Carolina. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? I'm skiing in Vail. Uh, no, I'm not skiing there. So I was just, I guess I was a snob or something. So we moved back to Colorado and we moved to Louisville, which is near Boulder. And one of Eric's friends was saying, he says, well, I've been skiing every single month for 60 months, for five years. And I went, well, that's pretty cool. So where do you go skiing? You know, I, I asked him, I, his name was Mutant. Our, our friends have weird names. I said, Mutant, where do you go skiing in the summer? And he said, well, even then a basin was open like May or June. They would stay mm -hmm. open pretty late. And in Breckenridge, there's this field, this this snow field, and they call it Fourth of July Bowl because you could always ski it on the Fourth of July. And so I said, "Okay, what do you do for August and September?" He goes, "Oh, August, you go ski sand." I said, "What?" He says, "Yeah, we call it the Erwin Rommel Desert Ski Classic." And I went, "Okay, I knew who Erwin Rommel is. Why do he goes Desert Fox?" I said, "Okay." So I tried it and I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. And then my husband and I decided, okay, if mutant can do 60 months, so can we. Mm -hmm. So off we go. And it, it, about that time, I had three, three bucket list goals. First one was to ski for 10 years. I wanted to go for 10 years. Wow. Second was was to go for heli skiing. Oh, you got to go heli skiing. Uh huh. And the third was to have a custom built house. Okay, so I said, okay, let's do the ten years, you know. And we were living at Louisville at the time, 
And what we'd do is August would ski sand because it was this gang of people. And we'd go there. And you learned that if it rained the night before, like if it rained Friday night, the sand was unbelievable. It was like skiing on a perfectly groomed run. You could walk up really easy. It was like walking up concrete. And then the sand was just very smooth and easy. If the damn thing was dry, uh, it was like two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward. One, it was it was hard. And it really, people go, why are you leaning back so much? And I went, it hurts your thighs like you wouldn't. Oh, mm. it hurts. And in fact, like just this past September, when I did the 360, you couldn't even make a turn because I said, well, I can sort of make a stem crispy one way, but my left knee hurt so much. I said, uh-uh. So I just went straight down. <laughs> I didn't even make it turn. It was like, oh, forget it. I'm not making a turn of this stuff. So in September, I would go to a place called St. Mary's. So it was a glacier. It was really cold. It was sun cupped. I hated, I hated sun cups. Don't oh, we all? Don't we all? Oh. They freak me out. They, I'm a fairly good skier, but I just my psyche goes all. My brain has is my worst enemy because I just my fear goes up and so, and I hated it. I was like, I don't want to ski on Sunkip. So after I got ten years, I started going back to the. <laughs> September like I'd rather ski sand than those sun cups. Yeah. By that time, St. Mary's was mostly dirt. So not only was it sun cup, it was like sun cup with rocks and crap. And man, I fell once and it was like blood everywhere. You oh, know, I was like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So to me, that's one deterrent. It's like you get hurt and you're going, okay, I give up. But I've never gotten seriously hurt. So I think that that's an advantage that, okay, I'll keep going because I've never been hurt. Where's my husband? Unless he's broken legs, he's broken arms, ankles, ribs. So he keeps trying to keep a streak up, but he always does something stupid. His worst one is he ran over his own foot with his own pickup truck. Ooh. Yeah, real good on that one. Broke his ankle. I was like, Eric, what are you thinking? So I think that's the advantage of, I haven't busted anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that helps. And, and I think it helps that because I want to keep the streak up, I'm not the one who's going to go into the park and do the 360s and the, and I'm older. So it also helps that I don't jump off 15 foot cornices anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I'll jump off a five one. It's nice powder, but I guess somebody told me that my streak is holding me back. And I went, nah, I do some, you know, but I don't do anything stupid anymore. And I think that's the advantage of keeping the streak up is 
you don't have to prove to anything by, you know, doing, you know, trees in December or going down rails or anything. I was like, I just like to ski. I like, you know, and that's <laughs> the other thing is, I think the attitude of, I'd rather be skiing so I don't want to hurt myself, you know. Um, I find myself not going as fast as I used to just because, I mean, I've gone 50 miles an hour and done an entire face plant and everything else. And I'm like, nah, that's no fun. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, I remember in Vail one time I was, I was trying to keep up with the boys and I was, oh, I was going way too fast. And I hit a compression and I didn't compress and <laughs> yard sale everywhere. And I was like, oh, and it hurt so much. I stood up on my leg and my knee gave out. And I went, oh, son of a bitch. And I thought for sure my streak was down, done that. That one was the one time I thought, I'm done. Um, had to take a toboggan ride down. And it turns out I was, I just pulled all the muscles. There was no, no damage, no nothing. So I said, okay, but I mean, it hurt like hell. And I don't think I skied for three weeks. That was, you know, I just had to take a break. And that's the closest I think I've ever come to like, oh shit, there goes my streak. <laughs> and then, what was it? I think it was about six years ago the best one I have is six years ago I had on your big toe so let's see here we go so the bone on my big toe this one was going this way and the other one was going this way so I literally couldn't bend my toe and it hurt but if I didn't wear high heels which I hate anyway it didn't hurt. And the minute you put it in a ski boot, it's all supported. So it didn't hurt. But it hurt so much to put my foot into the ski boot that finally I said, okay, this, is, this isn't this is going to work, you know. So due to my, we were living in Utah, and due to the fact that my husband hurt himself so much, we had an orthopedic surgeon in our contact list. And it was like, hi, Dr. S. Let's see, we screwed up again. <laughs> and so I went in and I got, okay, see my foot? And he goes, yeah, I got to operate on it. Oh, crap. And I looked at him and I said, I'm going to tell you a thing. I have the streak going. I've skied every <laughs> single month. I said, if I ski in early November, you do the operation like I ski on November 1st or 2nd. You do the operation within the first week of November. Can I be skiing by the end of December? And he says, well, what do you mean by skiing? I said, one run down a bunny slope. Because, yeah, we can do that. So I had it operated. I skied on November 3rd, operated on November 8th. And on Christmas Day, I skied down a bunny slope. <laughs> oh, that is a, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> but. What helped was all my friends have done boo-boos, like, you know, broken things and this, that, and the other. And every single one of them, the 
the one good thing of them is they love PT. Like, it's a drug to them. <laughs> PT is a drug. It's like, oh, you got to go to this PT. And you got to go to that person. I mean, they have their lists of the PT people that they like. And they only go see it. It's like, oh, my God, you people, this is ridiculous. And so everybody goes, whatever you do, he's going to send you to PT and you do it religiously. He says, so you can get back in that boot. <laughs> and I yeah. think that's that was the key. That really was the key was I had to be religious about getting that foot pliable enough and going and doing that. And I think that's the secret. And I've also learned <laughs> and all my problems have been not drinking enough water, not liquids, but water. And I think that started my going, okay, I really do have to drink a lot of water. Because if I drank water, I don't know why, but I guess you flush up everything or something but it really helped in the healing and that mm -hmm. it just it helps all around so that was my best story of okay i'm gonna have to have an operation damn and the guy goes no we we totally got this we can we we don't have to break the street and then my knee started hurting a lot couple of years ago yeah that was after the foot so I went in and I went oh, please don't tell me it's an MCL or an ACL or anything you know and the <laughs> the PA did the x-ray and he goes you just have a really bad case of arthritis and I went yes <laughs> Best people case, don't yes. hear <laughs> you have arthritis I went hey <laughs> it's not gonna break my streak I can just get a shot so yeah, that's the only thing that I've done. I've done two skiers thumbs, but those are easy. You can just ski with, I've skied with calves on my arm, my hand. <laughs> that's no problem. Ski without both. Do they um, make a special mitt for your cast? I'm just curious. Yes, they can. They can. Really? They can, they can make your cast because this, this, this particular surgeon says, do you want me to put your cast so you can hold the pole? Really? Went, oh, that's amazing. He says, I can do it. I went, no, I think I'll ski without the poles. <laughs> you know, because I didn't want something else. But they can, he was willing to make, because it was my thumb, so he was willing to make the cast around the pole. Wow. So they can do that for you. If you want to do that, they can do it for you. That's good old modern medicine. Um, and... So, but <laughs> are you in Washington? I am, yeah. Is pot legal in Washington? It is, uh-huh. Okay. So what I discovered, because I can't take any painkillers. Mm -hmm. They upset my stomach, okay? Nothing. I can take a Tylenol for a headache. But if I have pain, there's nothing other than... I really, really like the one-to-one -one CBD and THC. Mm -hmm. And that helps my arthritis the best. Is, are you doing that as a topical? Is that what you do? No, I take um, gummies. Okay. 
So if I know like I'm going to hike for like a long thing, I'll take very low dose. Gotta do low dose because I don't, I don't like to be totally stoned. Yeah, otherwise you just stay in the car the whole time, right? No right, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> but I find it's the only painkiller that works. So as I get older, I will tell people, I said, if it's legal in your state, I highly recommend the CBD, THC. I don't like the pure dope. It, it, it doesn't work. It's something with the CBD oil. And I have tried the topical and it does work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of patients uh, like with arthritis or even post, uh, post-op post knee replacement that use it and they have like really good results or they like really enjoy it or they say it feels a lot better. So it I feels it. so much better. And so when I know I'm going to ski all day long, um, oh, don't. if I know I'm going to ski all day long, I will take a little bit of CBD, THC before I go skiing and then afterwards. And it's just like piece of cake. Mm -hmm. It just works so good. And I'm going to, you're going to go upstairs with me because I got to plug in my phone because it's dying. Oh yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's the one thing I've, I've noticed that really helps. And the other thing as I get older is cross country skiing. Uh -huh. I found that that is really, I'm getting more and more into, well, one, because I have a dog who loves it. So he just, I just take him everywhere, but he cross country doesn't, it doesn't hurt my knees as much. It doesn't, it's just a really good alternative. So, you know, like, Sometimes in October, November, I will do a cross-country day and not a downhill day. Mm -hmm. Because, A, don't have enough snow to do a downhill. <laughs> and B, it's, just, it's easier on my knees and stuff. And yeah. that's what I really recommend. If you want to keep a streak going into your 60s and 70s, I really recommend cross-country skiing. Yeah, I 100% I agree it's it's better it's a better workout and it's just easier on your body because it's basically walking mm -hmm. you know yeah, just doing some lower resistance training that way you like still are working your cartilage you know allowing it to get stronger but you're not doing the big pounding of going downhill and it's a great supplemental to doing downhill as well right so that's that's I'm doing more cross country than I used to. Um, and we lived in Utah for 11 years. And since moving, we just moved back to Colorado. This we've only been here a year. And uh, we live in Summit County. These people are way too healthy. Okay. <laughs> you know, they, they think nothing. Of, oh, I went out and, you know, climbed Buffalo and, you know, and then I went to work. Jesus Christ, people, man. So it's almost a community that eggs you on. So you, you, you cannot be a couch potato. Mm -hmm. So in, in Utah, I could be a couch potato. Here, I cannot be a couch potato. Um, I think that's the other secret is like turns all year is great. 
it does egg me on, you know. Okay, I don't live in the Pacific Northwest where apparently you can get a snowfield every bloody month of the year. <laughs> we don't have that. <laughs> we got to be inventive here. I'm not hiking up some of those things. Nope. All goes ski sand. Thank you very much. But how how did how many months do you have under your belt? Yeah, so today I just finished uh year 1. Um I would have had this would have been year month 24. But uh, my wife wasn't too keen on me missing the wedding or uh, the wedding planning last year to go ski in October. So I was like, dang it. And then the other thing is, I thought I would, we were doing our honeymoon in, um, in Big Island. So I was like, oh, you know, you go to the top of Mauna Kea. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize they only get snow up there during like big snowstorms and blizzards. I thought it was like a 14er where it's like there and they always had snow. And I was like, oh, no. So yeah, no. Darn it. Um, oh, no, you should have gone on your wedding plan. Okay, so this, the other one was, I think, I think the number one, probably the number one reason I'm so successful is my husband. Mm. Because after five years, he hurt himself. He says, and I said, well, then I'll quit. And he goes, no, 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 no. You keep going. You keep going. Uh-huh. And he, he would like September sometimes in July and sometimes in September he would actually carry my skis for me so all I had to do was just hike up to it and then I would ski down see yeah <laughs> he, having that partner and it was really funny because he would set rules too like okay you got to take 20 turns I'm like oh my god okay fine and I'll never forget this one July at Alta okay there was only a sun cup patch in a double black gully and that was it and I was like oh my god so went up I could do three stem crusty turns on this <laughs> damn patch right and I was like and I did it and I was so pissed because it was so bad and I did horrible I said oh to hell with it I'm gonna go do it again I did it again. It was just as bad. And so that month it was Alpha 2 Kim 0. <laughs> I said, this mountain has kicked my butt. And he goes, I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but he does, he's really nice. He's, he sets rules. He does it with me. He carries my skis. Um, but last year he started doing it himself. He says, okay, I want to keep this streak up too. And so he's on what are you, month 13? Yeah. yeah, so this will be month 14 for him. So I said, well, that's another inspiration. I'll keep going with you because, you, yeah. you know, I don't want to break your streak. And so I think I think it is really important to have somebody who's say, go for it, you know. And about every five years, he'd hurt himself to the point where, you know, he couldn't ski. And one time he broke his, what, your tibia? his tibia plateau just creamed it so he was out an entire season mm -hmm. and you know but he he'd say keep going keep going you know that whole year and then and since he did that he used to beat me and 
go everywhere and do trees and bumps and everything. Uh uh-uh. uh. He's down to groomers. So I will go ski bumps and trees with other people. He'll just do groomers now. So, but I think that's the other secret is you really do have to have somebody, a partner, a group who's going to be very supportive. So like turns all year. Great. Oh, yeah. you, know, you could you could say, okay, where do I go here? Where do I go there? Um, In 2020, we were supposed to go to New Zealand. That didn't work. Shoot. COVID, right? I'm assuming. COVID. Yeah. Yeah, because New Zealand closed everything down. So I was very disappointed. So I'm hoping next year we can go to New Zealand and I can do my July, August days in the Southern Hemisphere. So I'm shooting for that. Mm -hmm. That would be I've done every month in Colorado or Utah. And people go, oh, you go to South America? No. I want to do Mount Hood just because I want to do Mount Hood once. Uh-huh. Have you ever skied Mount Hood? I haven't in the summertime, but I have in the wintertime, though. It's a, degree, it's a I, great resort. Oh, okay. I want to do it because it, they're famous for, we stay open all year. But I just want to do it, you know, in July or in August. But August is always reserved for the sand dunes. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's 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 just it's kind of our it's the only time I can get all, both my kids mm-hmm. in the same place. They're what in their do your 30. kids think about your streak? Um, they love it. They love it. They, my son, I worked for Vail Resorts for ten years. They had free ski passes. My son never used his. What? Yes, really free ski. So he, he could ski Vail, Beaver Creek, Keystone, Breckenridge, and A Basin. This is before they bought everything. Free. Nope. Never used it. Never oh, used man. it. Oh, it, it was, he was a teenager, and he, he actually told me, he says, Mom, it was the only way I could rebel against you. And I said, excuse <laughs> me? He says, I didn't drink because you would have handed me one. I said, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I couldn't smoke dope because you would have said fine. I said, yep, you're right. He says, I hated skiing because you liked it. I said, okay, you're lost. Yeah. My daughter my daughter likes skiing. And she's she, she doesn't ski as much as her parents, but she skis about 20 days a year. So she likes it. And, um, but, you know, they think it's cool. You know, they think it's kind of weird. Okay, here goes my mother, you know, you know. And then my parents have passed and so have my husband's parents. And they were not supportive. They thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and and the best one I could say, the other time it almost went away was my father died in late October of 2010 and I hadn't gotten my October day in and we had the funeral we had the funeral on October 30th I flew back and October 31st I found snow at Brighton and my mother goes that's a really stupid straight you should have just I was like you know what mom Dad would have said go for it. My father was thought it was cool because it was, you know, 
Kentucky. He goes, I can understand, you know. He thought, yeah, I go, Dad, I think it would be cool. You're the one that was, you know. And so, yeah. That's a stupid street. Yeah. yeah. My mother-in-law and my, my, my mother and mother-in-law thought that it was both stupid. Mm-hmm. But husband, friends, kids. No, it's just mom's obsession, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think millennials think, okay, it's pretty cool having a parent who has an obsession that they're that passionate about. And oh, that's totally. I don't think it was it had to be skiing. It was just something I was so passionate they go, Oh, okay. You know. And my son, my son wants to visit every national park. He's got of the sixty two national parks, he's visited fifty one of them. Whoa, that's impressive too. Yeah. So everyone's got their thing, you know? Well, I was told that you were supposed to have, you know, a a bucket list item that takes three to five years to achieve. Huh. Okay. You you should have, that's why I had these three bucket lists 10 years skiing every single month, heli skiing because it costs so much. So you got to save for three to five years. Yeah. And building your own house takes a long time to build a house. Got to have the money. And the heli skiing trip was unbelievable. That was so much fun. I went to British Columbia. British Columbia. Okay. Was that like the Rebel Stoke Range, like out Rogers Pass area? Eric, what range? Chicotan Range. Okay. I don't, I'm not familiar with that one, but I'll have to look into it. It's the, the, the operator was called TMH, as in Tango, not uh-huh. CMH. So they only had one place. So they only have one place. They're not a big operator. Um, really nice. And the other thing that if their lodge was on a lake, mm-hmm. so what they got was a lot of couples, and the guy would go on the holy ski, and the women would take the cross country skis and go on the lake. Oh, okay. So you're like, you go. I'm going heli skiing. Uh, hell no. Yeah. Um, it was really <laughs> funny because this, they had a Vietnam era Bell helicopter held, held a whole bunch of people. And there was only three Americans. The rest were Europeans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Apparently Europeans do not ski trees. Okay. They're above the tree line or something. I don't know. So the first day of skiing, oh, and we had 40 inches of powder. So that was just amazing. But the first day, they couldn't take us to the top of the mountain. They had to take us midway, and we had to ski trees, right? Okay, well. It's fine. Well, these were glades. These weren't even trees. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my husband and I were at least 15 years older than anybody. But because we skied trees all the time, we were the first and second down. Mm-hmm. All the Europeans were terrified. I go, these aren't even trees, people. They're 300 yards or 50 yards between a tree. That's not. Ah. But the next two days, it was beautiful blue sky. We we're up at the top and the Europeans would kill us going down because, you know, it was wide open and it was, you know, above tree line and they were in seventh heaven and. You know, we were fighting our way down within 40 inches of powder. So it was like, okay, now you got this beat. 
But yeah, they didn't like trees. We loved them. Yeah. But it was it was so much fun. And we only did it for three days because that's all we could afford. But unbelievable. Just just fantastic. It was just it was very, very fun. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I I highly recommend you do it. <laughs> Kim, we're about to run out of time here. Yes. But one last question. Yes. Do you have any goals for the future? Anything that like you are working towards uh, in terms of continuing your streak or um, yeah, along that? Um, I've done 30. I'm going to go for 35 and see, because I'll be 70 years old and we'll see if the knees hold up. So I'm going to go for 35. I don't 45. know. If long, you got longer. it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Awesome, Kim. Well, thank you so much. And if you have any questions like related to physical therapy or rehab or just exercise wise that you ever have questions with, go ahead and send me a message and I, I can like send a video back to you or just call you or like work on that once you take the time. <laughs> Watch out what you promise. <laughs> hey, you know, you help me promote uh, basically or share your story and I'm willing to help you. So, so okay. out, you know, thank pay it for it, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Legacy Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please share this podcast with your ski community and follow it so you don't miss another episode. Also, if you have a cool story and would like to be featured on the podcast, please reach out to the team. Lastly, if you're interested in working with me, you can book a strategy call at www.meettheskipt.com where I'll help you figure out the next best steps to keep you moving towards your journey of a lifetime of skiing.